Welcome back to the June episode of the Gate 15 Risk Roundtable, consistently voted as the number one security podcast in the nation by the Gate 15 staff. This is the first of our four monthly podcasts to include Jen, cybersecurity evangelist, Dave's nerd out, and my monthly interview. I'm Andy, and I talk too much as it is, and I'm, as always, joined by America's most stressed cybersecurity pro, Jennifer Lynn Walker, and America's <laughs> most mirror-loving security expert, Dave Pounder. We're recording on a Tuesday, a day off of our usual timeline, so let me ask, how are you both this Tuesday afternoon? It feels like Monday, and that was last week, was, was Tuesday when it felt like a Monday. Today still feels like a Monday. I don't know why. Yeah, a never-ending world of Mondays would be awful. That would be the that'd be the worst. I think that would be <laughs> that could be the hell that we find ourselves in one day. But good, I'm glad you're feeling good on the Tuesday, Dave. How are you doing? You're always chipper when there's a mirror around. How are you doing on your end? And I can see myself in the Zoom camera, so I feel really great yeah. today. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably really what you're doing the whole time we're on these calls, just sort of looking into your own eyes longingly. I, I am staring at your Mighty Mouse shirt, though. I think that's pretty impressive. It's, uh, I love Mighty Mouse. It's classic, right? It's classic. You can't go wrong with a good classic. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. As you guys know, I walk while I work. And, and I was walking this morning with a different shirt on. And it was, it was like soaked through by, 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 by 10 a.m. It was disgusting. And I was like, I need to change my clothes right now because it's disgusting. So You're anyway. You're barely moving. How are you sweating? Where are you in? <laughs> I just swept profusely. So anyway, we're way off track. We're way off track. So for those who are listening, this is being recorded. Yes, this is being recorded. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not editing it out. No, nor, nor nor should you, because I'm sure people want to know about my excessive sweating while walking in place, going nowhere, which is really a summary for an endless Monday and much of my life. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> we had some interesting podcast discussions last week. There was a lot, or last month. I'm sorry, there's a lot going on in the month of May. And do you guys want to highlight from your respective podcasts? Um, well, I do sort of, I, I kind it's kind of a little, um, I don't know, proud, surprised, yeah, honored, I, I humbled. Know where you're going. <laughs> okay, let's just, okay. Come on, come on. Let's get to it. You blew the roof off of it. I did, but I, but it, it, it just goes to show that like, it was like, I wanted to do this great effort and it just wasn't coming together in time frame and this kind of thing. And so it was like last minute, it, it was, I think I did it Thursday night. So I knew like, I'm not going to get a lot of promo and that's totally fine. I get it. I'll try to do the promo on my own. Thank goodness it didn't work out that way because I haven't been able to pull that off either. So I do this podcast on Thursday night, like I told my husband, I'm like, I just, I have to do this. And he's like, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, I have to get this out. I just have to. Thank you, Jen. So I did it. I didn't do a, I didn't do a blog post with it. I just got it out and like, here you go. I get it. It's not going to get socialized. But this is where one where I'm really humbled because Andy, you did, you like, you like knocked it out of the park as far as like, you know, just getting, getting some socialization out there on LinkedIn and Twitter. And oh my gosh, it took off, uh, got picked up by one of my favorite, one of the things that I actually um, talked about. So I did some ICS and um, industrial cybersecurity resources. And most of the things that I had um, kind of talked about or touched or heard about if I hadn't heard about bottom before but I think I knew everything that kind of happened at the conference that I was at the month before it was kind of all worked out and so the the one um podcast that or a list if you will curated list from the beer Isaac picked it up 
and it just it like went crazy after that as far as listens and impressions and views and whatever whatever all that so dave has all the stats but i just like can't believe where that went and then they picked up the one for the space isaac that i had done the month before and so that showed up this was a beer isaac is an it ot cybersecurity um or not it ot ics cybersecurity podcast list so space isaac being you know instrumental in ics um you know they picked that one up too and so that one got some more some more views and it was just like like okay i'll shut up now but oh my gosh it was just so amazing i was so humble anyway that's me <laughs> it was super, super exciting and i think there's a lesson in there somewhere jen i think there's a lesson in there that maybe when we prepare a little bit less and we <laughs> sort of just let things happen maybe maybe they can work out okay so i'm not saying anything by that i'm just saying maybe there's yeah. maybe there's a gem in there somewhere but it was it was fun, <laughs> it was fun to, to share that over twitter and it was great to see the responses there and, and the, you know what's wonderful about being part of a great community is the the support encouragement and love you get from your colleagues and peers even even the ones you you know you don't really know but sort of you know when you're when you're in the same fight with people um you know we're all going the same direction and, and you know that's that's one of the great things and Dave and I can talk about a camaraderie through the army you know wherever you go you meet a a fellow army guy or fellow veteran and there's just an instant sort of rapport and, and relationship and I think the same way in our virtual universe and you got a lot of great colleagues out there I think we're happy to cheer you on and you did a great job of cheering them on so if you didn't listen to Jen's uh either one of those a space isaac pod or, or the 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 pod with no blog uh that was shared last <laughs> month uh check them out there they're both really good discussions so thanks jen I'm really glad that um those happened dave i don't know how you follow that to be honest but you had a great guest on as well and a really great discussion anything you want to share from last month yeah so you know we were had a I mean, we followed the the Buffalo shooting, the uh, incident that happened in Buffalo, and I was able to get Bridget Johnson immediately after, as soon as thereafter, and she's obviously a great resource. She has so much experience on this, and she was fortunate at the time to have the manifesto that was written by the shooter that provided so much impact, and I think it's those type of, th or so much impact, so, so much um, insight into what was going on with this individual. Um, and, and she brought a lot of it out in that call and some of it she hadn't reported on previously. Um, so I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that podcast, but it speaks to that hostile events preparedness that we've been working through with gate 15 and the hostile events attack cycle. It's those type of things the, the manifestos, the journal diaries, the posts on social media that all give us indications that, you know, these actors go through the cycle um, in one way or the other. It, and really it's, it's just, they're not haphazard planned events. These are pretty well thought out. And, and unfortunately since then uh, we've seen a lot more of these incidents occur. And it's, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up, so. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we certainly will. And you, you, you make a good point, right? One, uh, for anybody listening, well, one, Bridget's smarter than both of us put together. So yeah, you know, it's true. Fine. Fair, fair point. <laughs> Two, you know, we, we talked Dave talked about the hospital attack cycle. Again, that's a, that's a white paper that's available on our blog. You can grab it, refer to it. We want you to do that. We want you to use it in your security plan considerations. And, and you know, it's uh, the two calls I get right now. So I had one of these calls just before our current call. Is people calling about I'm concerned about ransomware and people calling because I'm concerned about active shooter. And what I would say is everybody should be concerned about those two things, not concerned, scared, right? But concerned, I want to prepare, right? 
they're both real threats and issues for every organization. And so as much as I hate to hear sometimes the somewhat panicked calls, I, I'm grateful to hear the call because people want to do something now in the form of planning and training and exercise. As a call I was just on earlier today with an organization that had a uh, unfortunate run-in with an individual at the organization, not an active shooter, but escalated considerably. And so there's concern now, like, hey, we really didn't have a plan on what to do. And, um, you know, things went okay, but there's concern still. And so you know, we're going to talk about that. And so um, it, it's, it's tough, man, but uh, people should check out the House of Defense Attack Cycle, get to know it. We'll talk about it more here in a minute. And I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but I also really enjoyed my podcast. I, I had Lee Honeywell on. She's fantastic person, you know, great mind, great spirit. Uh, she's done so much just to help people uh, besides the professional work. She does a tall poppy, which is great. Um, just a real, a real, you know, great leader and thoughtful person, generous heart. And it was really fun to talk with her and learn more about her and the great things she's doing. So check all of those out and check out what's coming up this month. Some more good conversations, but first let's have this podcast and we'll get right into it. So I don't know who wants to start. I'll let you guys uh, play uh, Rochambeau to figure that out. But who wants to start us off with today's main topics? So I'm likely to be quicker. So why don't I go first? And that's then Jen, that's Jen's version of playing rock to your scissors, Dave. You just got <laughs> rocked. Or paper to your rock. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, I just want to uh, just quickly because this, I, I hate to say it pales by comparison because it, you know, it does in so far as, you know, no, no injuries or deaths or anything like that from the physical things that we're going to talk about. But uh, I just, from a cybersecurity perspective, I just want to encourage folks, you know, yes, patching is hard. I'm going to, I'm going to harp on my vulnerabilities of Soapbox again a little bit. Um, you know, patching is hard. Vulnerability management is hard. I'm not going to talk too much about the known exploited vulnerabilities catalog per se, um, other than to say that in the last month since we've talked alone, there have been so many vulnerabilities. There have been a Microsoft zero day vulnerability There's been that, that still ha doesn't have a patch. Um, once it beca I'll, I'll argue that once it gets a patch, it's no longer a zero day. So it's, this is a true, <laughs> true zero day. Um, there's been exploitations of, of VMware uh, vulnerabilities and uh, F5 vulnerabilities. But recently over this weekend, it was that Lassian Confluence. Don't get me wrong. I don't know anybody who runs Atlassian Confluence. I'm sorry, I don't, but apparently it's pretty popular. So if you're out there and you run it, you know, it, this is a serious vulnerability and it does have a patch. Uh, there have been um, vulnerabilities to voting systems and other critical infrastructure components, including medical devices. Two weeks ago, there were over, there were 75 additions to CISA's known exploited vulnerabilities catalog. Most of them were old, like 2017, 18 to 2020, 21. Uh, there have been reports on risk and vulnerability assessments on top exploited vulnerabilities and top exploited weak practices. All this to say is that it's pointing to what we know is being exploited, not, yes, I've got, you know, I'm running, uh, I don't even have an example. Um, sorry, I, I don't have an example here, but just, you know, these are things that we know are being exploited to help us in our prioritization. You know, I am running these things in my environment. I see that there's this really cool list from CISA on, and they just published something today on it and I haven't had a chance to follow up. Um, there have been some additions, but there was some other gui guidelines and I want to look that up. So apologies on not having that prepared, but, you know, I run Microsoft in my environment. These are the things that, that we know are being exploited. 
Um, you know, have they been patched in my environment? Or, hey, I run, you know, VMware, or I run F5, um, you know, firewalls. And these are the things that we know are being exploited, um, as opposed to some, not to say that some obscure application that you're running internally, you know, three levels deep in your organization that maybe two people run that isn't exposed to the internet per se, isn't important, it is. But if it's not being exploited, then your prioritization is a bit different. Um, you know, when you're looking at, you know, how do I manage these sea of vulnerabilities? So I rattled off a bunch of resources that will include in the show notes, uh, in the blog post, but, you know, all that to say is that um, when you're thinking about how do I, how do I, you know, keep up with this, start with quick win, start with what we, all these reports that we know, the vulnerabilities that we know are being exploited, because those are the ones that are more likely to exploit your environment, and there are most important to get patched. I don't know if that made any sense. I feel like I'm saying the same thing all the time, but I'm just trying to like, kind of beat that drum that, that, you know, that's where we should focus if we don't know where to put our money or our time yeah. or our resources. No, that, that, that's right on, right? And not, not every zero day or every vulnerability applies to everybody, but those that do need to be addressed. I, I kind of, so this has been around for a long time, but I hadn't yet stumbled upon it, which is the shadow server org and, and the, the at shadow server on Twitter. And they do a great job of capturing the number of vulnerable, you know, devices that are out there. Um, and sharing that and just sort of helps you helps you understand, you know, just just how big something is, right? Because it's hard from our part sometimes to appreciate. Well, okay, it's out there, but who does it affect and how many are affected and how big a deal is this? And I don't know anybody's using this system or this whatever it is. And they, they do a good job capturing sort of like, hey, here's <laughs> here's how many are out there, and it, it's good context sometimes. And I appreciate that. So good good work by the team there. I don't I don't know the folks involved, uh, or maybe I do, I just don't know it. But um, good to see that's good good Twitter handle to follow. Good organization to be familiar with. So, Jen, I think it's a, it's a good drum to beat. There's probably some related drums we'll, we'll be beating throughout today's podcast as well. I think patching is a big one. I think uh, since I had a big announcement, well, a big announcement, but um, shared you know their, their emphasis on on uh, MFA this week. We can come back to that maybe later too. But I'll, I'll I'll turn things over to the ever handsome Dave Pounder for any comments he has to add. Or you said it, not me. Uh, um, no, I I just want to say one thing. Jen's mentioned at the end there, and I, look, I'm going to be like a broken record here too on some of my topic here. But like, we feel like we're saying the same thing over and over because we are. We are saying the same thing over and over because they keep happening, and, and it, it is so important, like, to get these reminders over and over again because they keep happening, and they people keep exploiting our weaknesses and they keep exploiting known gaps and vulnerabilities. And it, it's, it's sad because you do have to be next to perfect. Um, I mean, you, you have to be really on top of it. And if you're not, I think the biggest thing to do is really start getting on top of it and start getting that view, that picture of what your space looks like. And then take that risk-based approach, you know, what, what can I do today? And then what can I do next week? And just go from there. But if you look at it and say, this is too much, then yeah, you, it's going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, so I, I, you know, Jen keeps beating this drum and I'm going to beat the drum on the physical side now, but it, it just does keep happening. And, and so I think, like I said, in the opening with my podcast last month is, is about, 
the Buffalo shooting, but you know, we've had, unfortunately, and, and it really disgusts me, the school shooting. I just can't imagine how those things happen. Um, and, you know, having a daughter, a young daughter in kindergarten, you know, it just tears me up to know that this has happened yeah. and to understand what those last moments were like. But, um, you know, we had the, the Buffalo shooting, we had the Texas school shooting, we had the, the Southern California church shooting. Um, and then it just seems like every day there's something new that meets, you know, takes it to a different level. And I, you know, we saw today the NTAS, the National Terrorism Alert System bulletin come out today. And they, you know, usually these are about five or six bullets, a really key impactful bullets. This was the longest one, Andy, I don't know if the longest one I've ever seen um, in looking at these over the last five or six years. Um, and, and it just really goes to show you like how much is out there right now from a threat-based environment. And how much we really, in how much we really do need to be on guard, and and it doesn't matter the industry, it doesn't matter, you know what you're doing, it, it, you know the 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 shooting in was in um, Iowa State outside of you know um, or the church. There's a yeah, Des Moines. Yeah, yeah. So that one was again based on things that we've talked about from the hostile events series, the grievances, the stressors, there's so many resources and, and materials out there that speak to these things and speak to alerting and concerning behaviors and indicators that I think people just really need to pull in and, and take a harder look at. And if we aren't doing that self-assessment today, then when are you going to do it? Because I mean, the, the, there's it, it's the writing is on the wall, and I just really encourage everyone to to give it a look and and to really take stock at this really important time. And it's sad that we have to have all these incidents occur um, to get serious about it, but we really do need to get serious. And I'll just before I turn it back over to the group, you know, training pays off in these instances, and we've seen it in a number of cases where you know the Valley uh, Transportation Authority attack in San Jose last year, where nine people were still killed, but it could have been a lot worse because people had just been through active shooter training. They had just done some drills and exercises and, and they knew what to do to respond. And so I think if you put the effort in and do some training at your level, it's going to make an impact in some form or fashion. So I'll just leave it that for now and we can talk, go down any route you want there, Andy. Well, there, there, and there's so many ways to go, right? I think you're both saying something I think is really important, just sort of fundamentally. And a lot of what we do at Gate 15 is trying to help focus on the fundamentals, right? And whether we're talking about a network, we're talking about the grocery store, it all comes down to hardening our targets, right? And eliminating those easy ways that the adversary can cause harm, whether we're talking about people or we're talking about data, right? Like, like I've often preached, right? we're trying to protect our people, our places, our data, and our dollars. And everything we do to harden those targets and eliminate the easy attacks is better for us. And, you know, and, and there's things we want people to do and take advantage of. So there's making, getting those patches done, right? Or it's doing the basic training and education, preparing a run, hide, fight for your organization. These are things that people need to be doing, right? So I think we're hitting, we're hitting a lot of the same points, but they're, they're key points that people still need to embrace. So Dave, you know, your point on the end tasks, um, 
I didn't go back and you know, it came out this morning and we've been doing a lot of things since then. So I have a chance to go back and check the date against when the last bulletin would have been expired. I don't know if it's like, if it happens to have been today anyway, but I felt like this was maybe the most timely and relevant and task bulletin that's come out, right? Sometimes they come out and they're sort of very broad, talking about the world of threats. Um, I don't really care for always having an task bulletin out, to be honest, not really the way I would approach it if I was uh, the secretary. But I feel like given the rash of recent high visibility events, it makes sense to put something out there and say, hey guys, this is what's going on in our environment. These are our concerns. These are things to think about. Here's the resources. And so I felt this was maybe the most timely and task bulletin that I've seen or can recall in, uh, in, in recent history. So I think that that was interesting. And, and you said it, right? I mean, it's, it's the Laguna Woods Church in California. It's the grocery store. It's the school. It's mass you know, attack after, after mass attack. And um, for me, and I'll ask both of you to sort of help me maybe think through this, because I've, I've, I've articulated this a couple of times you know, on social media and in personal conversations, I get a little challenged by, you know, we want people to be cognizant of these threats and concerns. There's things we want them to do, but I think we also have an obligation, us as a security organization or peers in the security community and the media to help put context and real sort of framing on what these incidents are and what they aren't. Right. And so I'm going to use the shooting example. And Dave, I want you to correct me if you see it differently. Unfortunately, whatever one thinks about guns and the you know, use of guns, and as we speak now, I think President Biden's going to be on the news here at Matthew McConaughey making a speech or something about guns. But, you know, regardless of your feeling on guns, reality is in this country, people get shot every day. A lot of people get shot every day. Right. That's just that's just the sad truth. And so when we have these high visibility incidents, sort of the anxiety level goes up for a lot of people. I would say that I, I don't know that um, we're in a state of panic. I mean, there's a little bit of, a little bit of excitement in the news you know, covering these events, but in reality, it's still just the same basic responsibility all of us have, right? Individually, we should be cognizant of our surroundings. We should be looking around. We should be aware of exits. We should be paying attention to the people and the surroundings that we're in, right? Just, just for potential instances that could arise, and we should be able to take care of ourselves and our family or those that we're with when we go out and about. As organizations, we should have a plan for a hostile event, right? Be, be aware of behavioral indicators, no run, hide, fight, have an active shooter, hostile event response plan. Those are things we want to encourage every day. And I don't know that things have gotten drastically worse, despite the fact there have been a few high visibility incidents in the last few weeks. Dave, am I, am I not appreciating what's been happening recently enough? Or you know, what are your thoughts there? Well, look, look, I, I'm not, I won't hide anything here. Is I, look, I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment, but I don't believe you need to have assault weapons and rifles and automatic weapons, all these type of things. Okay, let's just put that aside, because that you know, as much as these weapons contribute to these type of attacks, it is ignorant. It's an easy kind of red herring to say, oh, if we had just not had the weapons, we wouldn't be tapped into this. There's a big, deeper rooted issue here on a lot of these things, and you read it in the NTAS. Look at the different types of ways foreign governments are, are influencing here, terrorist groups are influencing here, what, you know, extremist groups on the other side. There's behavior, like to your point, Andy, there are behaviors and indicators that are present out there that we're not paying close enough attention to. There are other rooted issues that go above and beyond weapons, it, it, the choice of weapon for an attack. I mean, because if it wasn't a, a gun, it could be something different. And, and, and so I think we really need to evaluate and examine what is going on 
within those behavioral indicators and how do we address those within the workplace? How do I identify those within the workplace and get ahead of that issue uh, to, to potentially disrupt an attack? Or look, and some of these things are going to result out of, out of negative things happening to that individual. We have to understand and appreciate that but, you know, if we're in a position where we know or aware of those type of things happening, if we're alert, and again, I use it a lot when I talk about, you know, are we actively listening or are we just sitting down at our computers and ignoring all the other things around us and, and don't, you know, you know, Jen could be talking to us right now and saying, in expressing warning signs, but hey, I'm, I'm nine to five, I, I need to get through my work and I need to go home and not paying attention. Whereas Jen is reaching out to help for us right now and we're missing that. And, and, and so I think that's the really important thing is that we have to change that discussion point in, in the workplace and, and how do we do that? But then also another part of it is when you do report and identify those things, do you have the process in place to handle the situation. It's just not enough to just report. It's how are you gonna organizationally discuss it, so. I think you had a lot of key points there, right? I mean, I think of the young man that, that carried out the attack in, in, in the Michigan school a few months back. The indicators were there, the conversation has happened. You know, this young man in Texas had, had given all the warning signs, his, his co colleagues had called him school shooter. You know, there had been incidents in, in his past, I think. As we look at these incidents, they don't just happen and so, yeah, regardless of what one thinks about guns and gun control, background checks, whatever it is, the reality is these attacks will happen one way or another. Guns facilitate maybe more violent you know, outcomes. That's a different discussion. But we still have an obligation to protect our people, taking the time out to have these conversations, to build these processes you're talking about, Dave. And I would, I would say you know, over to you, Jen, it's fortunately not very often are we talking about life consequences. You know, somebody gets, dies, but there are significant life impacts from a serious cybersecurity incident, right? A serious business email compromise incident. And so while ransomware might be the, the sexy flavor du jour, you know, the FBI reports still show us business email compromise is an absolutely devastating, uh, you know, threat that, that is impacting organizations, individuals in a number of ways. Um, and so, you know, the, the threats might change just like the weapon of, of, of employment and attack might change, but we still have the same basic obligation, right? Keep ourselves up to date apply best practices, turn on MFA whenever we can, all, all these things we should be doing, like we can, we can take an action to harden our targets, mitigate the threats, draw down our risk. And again, it goes back to be to protect our people, our places, our data and our dollars. We can do those things if we want to spend the time and the money and maybe, maybe a margin of the profit has to go to these things. Am I, am I, mis am I misplacing that with cybersecurity, Jen? Not at all. Nail on the head. All right. So I think we're telling whoever's listening, we're preaching, I think, the same message, right? <laughs> and if you need like help, like Dave said, yeah. Yeah, if, if you need help, there's, there's so many resources out there. Reach out to our team. CISA's got a host of resources. The FBI's got a host of resources. Ray.gov's got a host of resources. There's a lot of ways you can do stuff for free. Just take the time, put the energy into it, and you can get it done. And so there, there's a lot, a lot out there. So I know we can stay on all that. I do want to say just before we, before we pivot off of this topic, one, Dave, thank you. Dave, Dave shared uh, a, a post um, sort of summarized the highlights from the recent FBI active shooter report. Uh, that's on our blog post now. Uh, you can check that out. Good, good work. Good done. You know, good, good highlights. So some of the key nuggets to draw out of that report. So I'm going to read the whole thing. It's not that long. You can read the whole thing. Also, our friend Rob Yandow shared a report, uh, a paper that he'd written, I think, last month looking at um, sort of the 
how, how do you phrase it? The, the brain and the body and the physiological response that occurs when we experience fear, stress, trauma, and critical incidents. And he draws on a couple of real world examples of how high stress law enforcement responded. And you know, the same ideas apply to us responding to incidents. And so I think you know, two, two good things we'll share in the show notes or on the blog, you can check them out. But thanks to you, Dave, and thanks to Rob for, for both of those. So with that, uh, we could throw dive in all that a lot more. As anybody listens, any questions, reach out. We're happy to help you point in the right direction. Uh, but I think we're, we're, we're hitting some of the key points here. So let's, let's slightly pivot off to our next round of discussion. Dave, you lost the first round to Jen. We'll pretend that you played paper to her rock this round. Do you want to start us off on our quick hits? Quick hits. So the quick hit, uh, you know, I was going to, I wanted to do more of a blended type of thing because we, we've been talking so much, but it, it kind of does splend, lend into Jen. Jen, were you going to talk MFA or ransomware or anything? I think that's okay. No, not, again, the, not for this one. Because yeah, I think we, we just had MFA May, right? That was part of um, CISA's, uh, and, and we all know how connected our gen is to CISA uh, gen and all the other fun uh, characters <laughs> at, at CISA. But, you know, they did just have MFA May, and it was weird because, as you know, I'd written a little bit about it, but just as soon as I'd written it, it seemed like everybody came out supporting the, a lot of different things with MFA. And then, Jen, you wrote a great piece about how how threat actors are getting around MFA. Look, this is one of those things that um, I hated it when my bank made me go to MFA, you know, and like, oh, you mean I have to, now I got to dig out my phone or dig out my, my computer and, and find that pesky code. And the main theme of the, of the messaging from CISA was, was start small with one thing and before you know it, it won't be so bad. And guess what? Before I know it, it hasn't been so bad. And I feel a lot more comfortable and confident that my security is being protected because MFA is just, it's its too easy of a concept not to want to do. And yes, you do sacrifice five seconds to find that code. And you may have to request the code a second time, in fact, but it's still worth it in the end. I know that blended a little bit into your cyber world, Jen. I apologize. I'll no go. I'll no go now. Go back to my my physical security side, but um, but I did want to call that out because I thought that was really important with MFA and it, it speaks. Look, it speaks to ransomware to the incidents that we've seen here. Um, one of the latest reports uh, that I was reading um, was to just talking about simply that um, MFA. You know, the, so many times. Um, you know, these threat actors are utilizing credential brokers and other types of groups to gain access to the, to the network and then selling that access to these ransomware groups that can get in there and, and do their work. If we had MFA, if we employed MFA, a little bit tighter security around our own stuff, some of this could be averted and, and avoided. So that, that would be my, my plug right there. If, if I had turned MFA on more, then I wouldn't have you crashing my calls as often as, as you seem to do. So. <laughs> No, but you know, it's really a key point. So, I mean, a couple, a couple of thoughts. Really. One, since it has been pushing it hard, um, again, this month with an updated post, I think came out yesterday. We'll share that in the blog or in the show notes as well. Emphasizing use of MFA. We talked about this with Jen. She's been pushing that hard. I think I'll find it. She was out at RSA, I believe, uh, doing a variation of More Than a Feeling, singing live uh, to, to, to turn on MFA. So we'll, we'll share that. I think she's doing a great job of you know, trying to, entertainingly advocate for, for really important things. But 
on top of MFA, so you know we do a lot of exercises, and it's nice to be back out doing them in person again, which is fantastic. And so I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go do an exercise with uh, an organization, awesome organization, awesome people, great conversation. We talked about MFA. They use a third party uh, for their email M MFA, which is great. You know, strongly encourage best practice. Um, when they get their notification that somebody's trying to log in, it, it tells you the location where that person's logging in from. And as we talked about it, uh, one of the participants in particular was like, I never pay attention to that. And so even, you know, even with MFA, you know, it, it is possible for the adversary to, to compromise those, those entities, those third parties. And so you still have an obligation as an individual to pay attention, right? Because that, that's how they get us, right? Whether it's phishing or you know, some other way the adversary gets our credentials, whatever it might be, same thing, right? When we get those alerts notifications, it's easy to be like, oh, okay, here it is, click the button, it's me. But we still have to pay attention and know what are we saying yes to because it gets easy to sort of do those things habitually. And even then, even with some of those best practices in place, the potential for us to, to, to blunder and, and let somebody in we shouldn't is there. So there's a the responsibility to keep our eyes open, be mindful, and be cognizant of what we're doing, what we're saying yes to, and uh, taking care of ourselves and organization. So that, that was really fun. But what a great workshop. And they were doing so many things right, both from a security measure standpoint and a controls standpoint, which I really enjoyed discussing and hearing about. So hats off to you, unnamed organization. Thanks for the opportunity for, uh, for me to get out there and talk with you. So with that, Jen, we'll come over to you. Dave, Dave tried to cut it on your turf a little bit, but we'll put him back in his box. What would you like to share with us for our quick hits round? Oh, in his defense, he does a fair share of uh, cybersecurity reporting. So no worries on that, that respect. And we, we borrow, we borrow from each other. Um, yeah, I, full disclosure, I was, I was invited. Andy invited me to that, that meeting and I, or that exercise and workshop. I wish I could have gone, but uh, it was poor timing. Anyway, um, so my quick hits, um, I actually want to promote a new initiative um, by the ICS cybersecurity firm at Dragos. Um, they today at RSA, I think someone mentioned the RSA conference this week, but uh, at RSA, they announced an effort that they're calling the Dragos OT CERT, so Operational Technology Cyber Emergency Readiness Team, so OT CERT, um, where they want to help. Um, well, their tagline is Safeguard Civilization. And part of that is for small and medium underserved or under-resourced um, critical infrastructure organizations like water utilities, electric co-ops and uh, oil, natural gas and things of that nature. Um, and so uh, on one hand with my water ISAC hat on, I'm excited to announce that we're partnering with them along with uh, three other ISACs. So electricity, downstream natural gas and oil and natural gas ISAC are also partnering. Uh, with Dragos on this initiative, but um, I'm excited, um, well, from the water and wastewater perspective, from, you know, that utility perspective, but I'm excited because they're going to help underserved utilities and other critical infrastructure organizations for free. Now, does that mean they're getting the whole suite of Drago services? No, that's not what that means, but uh, you know, the, the global company that Dragos is and all of, all of the resources they, that they have, you know, they're funneling some of this into this OT cert, which is a free service. Um, you know, it's especially, you know, designed for small and medium sized firms that just don't have the resources, the money and the, the, the staff um, and access to that, those resources like large enterprises do. Um, 
So I just want to tout that. Um, super excited. The director of that, new director of that um, initiative is, her name is Don Capelli, and she actually um, is here with me in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and so I um, I've been a fan of hers for a number of years and I was honored. She actually reached out to me um, to do this, uh, to partner with them. And so I was like super excited because it wasn't just like Drago's fangirl, but it was Don Capelli fangirl, like, oh my gosh. So I'm like super excited to um, kind of start, uh, you know, helping form that initiative uh, with them and, um, you know, do things, help secure smaller organizations, especially critical, you know, smaller critical infrastructure organizations. So super excited on that personal note, but, you know, just that larger initiative for such a large company and such a successful organization to pretty much um, their CEO said it, uh, Robert M. Lee said it, put their money where their mouth is because, you know, our, our country isn't run just on the, you know, the large utilities that can afford their services. There are so many service, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of smaller utilities just in water and wastewater alone um, that need the assistance. And so the goal is to spread this word um, and, and get this service out to help in the OT, more in the OT uh, operational technology, industrial control system space and help these small organizations build um, a resilient OT cybersecurity um, you know, infrastructure. Yeah, no, that's, it's a great initiative. I think you, know, you, you mentioned the CEO, Robert Lee, and he comes from having served in the public sector. And I think like a lot of people, um, he saw the opportunity to maybe do more you know, in the private sector. I think he still has a servant's heart and he wants to really contribute to you know, our, our country's protection. I think anything more broadly than just the US, to be honest, but I think he's got a real mm -hmm. appreciation for just wanting people to be safe and secure. And then he's championing that. And I really appreciate this initiative to help in that spirit. And really glad that you're you know, connected with it through Water ISAC, you know, great organization that we love to support. And um, I'll say, gentlemen, I'm going to spend a week in Pittsburgh early next year. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll sit down and visit and talk about some of those things more then. That'd be great. But um, mm -hmm. hey, a really important initiative will include links, both the Dragos post and Dragos post, and maybe as well, um, some, of the, some of the open source, you know, reporting about that, some you know, people sharing about the good news of what that's all about. So uh, we'll include that. You can learn more, you can plug in if it's appropriate. And uh, I think there's definitely some conversations to have there. So good topics. Both of you appreciate that a lot. And so with that, I think it's over to me for our three questions round. Am I right? Mm -hmm. All right. So easy. Unless you have a quick hit. You know, I, I think I'm just going to go to three questions. I think to respect okay. our schedules today. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So here, here's your news. I know you guys get stressed out at times. You know, we're a little off schedule. All you have to do is answer yes or no. And if your answer doesn't fit either one of those, I'm sure you're going to let us know with some long drawn out reason why we can't answer yes or no. So, all right, you guys ready, Dave, you feel ready? I can barely this? say my name when asked without saying a lot more. You're asking me to just say yes or no. I mean, it's, it's tough, great. it's tough. I'm, we're gonna try, we're gonna give it a try. So I already know where this one's gonna go, I think, but I'm gonna ask anyway. So <laughs> my, my, my dork excitement is, is up. Disney Plus is currently streaming Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you love it? Yes or no? Jen Walker. Watched it, but I did watch WandaVision in, in advance for Doctor Strange 2, which is at the drive in theater. So I'm super excited about that. <laughs> I don't have to go to a uh, you, you, you do have to go see that. Theater. So I'm glad you prepared yourself. So you're like, you know, three shows behind the rest of the world. But all right, all right. <laughs> all right. I figured that's where we're gonna end up there. But Dave Pounder, I know that 
your nerdum is not going to allow you to stay stay away. So, love it, yes or no? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes. Right? I mean, so, I mean right. it. It has been like it, it's like that last episode three. No spoilers or anything, but like I was literally sitting there like. Holy heck, but I mean, this is crazy. And I, you obviously know what's going to happen because you know what happens in, in episode four and all the other stuff, but you're still sitting there like, oh my God, this was amazing. So, yeah, unless <laughs> you put, jump right back into you know, your 12 year old self, wherever you are, wherever you want to be, and just really enjoy this, this crazy Star Wars universe. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it was fun. I thought the first couple of episodes were, were pretty fun. Episode three took it to a whole nother level. If you haven't seen it yet, you'll get there. and of course, you'll be glad that you did because it involves the greatest character in the Star Wars universe. So with that, we won't go any further. We noted last month that the weather is getting warmer and you both stumbled into long alcohol-inspired commentary. <laughs> you, know, like, you like drinking water or orange juice, but that's your own you know, personal story. So I'm not judging here. But now the heat is really picking up. Question, do you love the increased heat? Yes or no? Dave, we'll start with you. It's, wait, say that you were too fast. Green tea, yes or no? Is that what it was? You <laughs> love the increased heat. Unless Dave's talking, he doesn't even pay attention. So it's hot, it's getting hotter. Do you love it, yes or no? Green tea's got nothing to do with it. I was like, <laughs> I thought it said green tea. I was like, what the heck is going on here? It's like, um, I, yes, I like it hotter. Yes. Now, I, I am looking forward to, because we did move to North Carolina and, and there's a lot of great trees around here. I am looking forward to the fall. So I'm trying to jump ahead and say, gosh, I can't wait for the leaves to change because in Florida, they don't change. So hey, there you go. Let, let me enjoy my summer before you start stumbling us into fall. <laughs> Why it's a yes or no question, man. All right, Jen, it's getting warmer and it's not quite as hot up there, but love it, yes or no? Oh, it's been hot. We've had our days. As long as there's, as long as the humidity is is in to is tolerable, uh, yes. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I like the warmer weather. <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> yes or no's. All right, last one. <laughs> I'm uh, not as bad as he is. As as summer calls, I'm thinking about how much I want to be in the ocean right now, and pretty much every single day. Are you taking time off this summer for a little vacation, Jen? Um, hopefully, maybe, definitely in the fall, but I'm trying to take some time off. Yes, I just don't know how. Are you trying to figure that out? There, there's an there's an implied. Part. <laughs> there a little bit. Of, there is a little. Dave, Dave, yes or no? <laughs> uh, I will be, but it'll be mostly connected to like the lacrosse tournament for my daughter, my oldest daughter. So it it's not really taking time off for like a real vacation. Now we are going to be for my five-year-old who will be turning six in August. We will be going to Great Wolf Lodge nice. to experience her to that. And so um, so we're going to have fun with that. And and uh, she's just not going to know what to do with it, with herself inside. Because it's like the first time you go there, I, it's just amazing. So so the Great Wolf Lodge is a truly awful, wonderful experience. That I think <laughs> exactly. Goes, right? It's like you walk in and I think you lose like six layers on your eyes from the amount of uh, chlorine that's in the water. Like it just, like you start melting from it. It's unbelievable, but it's disgusting. And it's a lot of fun to be out there on those, you know, rides and going on slides and getting you know, pummeled with water. And that's, that's mm -hmm. awesome. So are you coming you up to my the Magi way? Quest too. That's right. You, you get to run around and play like you're a wizard. Dave, do you go full out on that? Are you in full cosplay at that point? Are you like wizard hat and yeah. 
Yeah. Of course, right? Who doesn't? <laughs> You've had a few rounds to get ready for this. So I'm sure there's going to be even better this time around. So we, we, we welcome pictures for future blog posts and other forms of embarrassment. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for tolerating my simple yes or no-ish uh, three questions this time. <laughs> hey, let's, let's wrap things up. I know we covered a lot of ground. We certainly have dived a lot deeper into especially opening topics on you know vulnerability management, being aware of things. We'll include a few links of ongoing current concerns and the KEV, which we just spoke about. We'll include links to the hostile events attack cycle and some of the other references that we mentioned. And there's a lot to get into on the active shooter side, on the hostile event side. Listen, the important thing on both of those is that we're being mindful of our responsibilities and taking action to move progress forward. Uh, well, I guess can't move progress forward, but to make progress and to move forward you know, as far as securing our organizations and doing the right thing by our people and those we invite into organizations, both in the physical and cyber domain. So with that, anything you guys want to wrap us up with? Jen, you want to start us off? Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to share? Anything going on in your personal life that you're enjoying, reading, watching, thinking about anything? Well, in response to your last question, I guess. So we just kind of made an early investment in our uh, retirement plans and got a little uh, travel trailer camper. So looking forward to hopefully getting some some long weekends or whatnot, or working time away. So kind yeah, of excited about that. Let's slow down here. I mean, Jen, vacationing is strongly encouraged for your well-being and mental health. Retirement <laughs> is not early. Is not early a, retirement. Is not a, how many people? How many times do you hear? Enjoy it now while you can. Because when you retire and something happens. So um, we want to try to start enjoying some stuff now. I said it many times. Gay 15 is like the Hotel California. You can <laughs> check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. So retirement is not in, not in the plans, right? Just enjoy your long <laughs> weekends, take a vacation, but let's, let's, let's keep some, some, some reality here. You're not going anywhere. Dave, anything you want to share that you're doing in your personal life that includes retirement then also <laughs> conversation? No, I, I mean, I mean, I'm watching a, a bunch of wild stuff right now. I, uh, you know, what I love about is this stuff. You, is, is this, this is a work environment. Are you allowed to discuss wherever you're going with this right now? Or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, you know, what I love about streaming is that uh, you can pick up something that you missed maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, and it it seems just like brand new. So there was that Steve Martin, um, Martin Short. You know, my two of my favorites. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the only murders in the building or something is what is what it is, um, along with the uh, um, Selena Gomez. It was a great little run, ten episodes. I like the 30, 35 minute episode lengths, um, and it was really good. It was on uh, Hulu, and then I guess the next season is going to be coming out. I, I like Steve Martin, Martin Short, all the way back to Three Amigos. You know, it's it's just a great, that's a great movie. I could quote that all day long. But um, yeah, so I was watching that and a couple other things around, tooling around. But uh, I almost feel like I'm in a little bit of an overload with some of the shows. But it, I, I'm excited with Obi-Wan. I'm excited with the Andor one and, and coming up with some other stuff. So yeah, that, I think that's about it. You heard, I mean, I'm driving around this summer. So other than that. Good times. Catch the pods. Catch, catch the pods. I know you're going there with Steve Martin, Martin Short. I, I thought you were going. I, I don't know the show, to be honest. I'll check that out. I got to see them live a few years ago down at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. For their, they, they were on a tour together performing live, and they were awesome. Right? I, I love seeing folks that I've known, to be honest, like my whole life um, and seeing them, and, and they're still great, right? And Steve Martin and Martin Short were probably wrapping up their SNL careers when, when I was a, a little man. 
and uh, they're still hilarious together and individually. I had a chance to catch Sting perform live a couple of years ago. I grew up, you know, hearing the police and, and that guy still sounds as wonderful as he did uh, back in, you know, 1984, whenever, whenever you want to pick. So it's awesome to see those guys. So, hey, thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Good discussion. Uh, again, please reach out if you've got anything that uh, you have questions about. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Check out Jen's upcoming, the Cybersecurity Evangelist. Check out Dave's upcoming Nerd Out. I'm very excited this month to welcome back a friend from our ISAC community for this month's uh, Gay 15 interviews. I talked with Scott Algier with the IT ISAC, who leads Conrad Inc., which uh, is, is his company. And we'll talk a lot more about that and the IT ISAC and other activities uh, later this month. So please come back and join us. And thank you for enjoying today's Risk Roundtable, our recurring monthly discussion among our team and occasional guests as we explore the all hazards, threats, and risks impacting the United States and worldwide as we apply our threat-informed, risk-based approach to analysis, preparedness, and operations. We hope you enjoy these podcasts, our free daily paper, The Gay 15 Sun, and other communications and resources. I mentioned the full podcast menu. Check those out. You can check it out online. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Hit us up on Twitter and share your ideas and other feedback. In the meanwhile, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.